Hi all, welcome to another exciting bonus episode. Today, I have a VIP special guest that you will hear me chatting with. Some of you may have seen my Guess Who game that I was trying to play on LinkedIn, and maybe you guessed close. My special guest for this episode is a former professional athlete of 15 years in the rugby league space. He played for the team I barrack for on a local level, the Brisbane Broncos, and played for the team that always wins the state of origin. Queensland, of course. But he isn't just an ex-athlete, and that's what you're going to hear him talk about in this episode. He's happily married to his beautiful wife, and he's a great father to his three children. Since hanging up the playing boots, he's become a mental health advocate, sharing his personal story with audiences nationwide. This episode comes to you the week of Are You OK Day. So while you're listening to this special guest speak, try to think about all the high profile people that you may look up to, aspire to be like, etc. And then think about your friends and family that you may not know too much about. Because for me, what I got out of this insightful episode is that we're all just people. No one is exempt from the challenges that life can throw at us. And no amount of money, assets, material possessions can change that. So without further ado, Let's get into this insightful episode with my new friend, Darius Boyd. So hi, Darius. Thanks for coming along and sharing your time and insights with me and our listeners. I know you've got a lot of commitments now, so I'm truly appreciative for your time. Um, Before we get into the formalities, I'd love to know what you're doing with yourself these days. Obviously, league took up a lot of your time and probably didn't leave much time for anything else. Um, So since hanging up the boots, um, how has life been? Have you got more work-life balance? Yeah, it's really good, thanks. Yeah, I, I think I do have better balance. I have my weekends back, which is nice to spend with family and my, and my, my, my three girls. Um, yeah, I'm doing a bit, mostly my work with uh, at the Broncos still, um, a bit of positional coaching. Okay. Um, and a bit of uh, work in their community spaces through some of their school programs and ambassador work as well. Um, cool. Do some resilience workshops through their school programs too, which is Fantastic. something I'm enjoying. And yeah, that mental health space is something I'm really passionate about, doing a bit of study in that area and doing some private workshops in the okay. community and, and some corporate spaces as well. So yeah, I see myself long-term moving into that mental health space. Uh, okay. Something I'm really passionate about, giving back, helping others. And you know, I have a lived experience in that area, so I'd love to help anyone out where I can. That's great. Um, so let's get into those uh, three general questions that I ask all of my special guests. I'm obviously happy for you to answer in context with what you've seen with the organisations perhaps that you've worked with, or maybe even the teams that you've been a part of. Uh, so the first question is, what do you think makes an effective leader when it comes to health and safety? Yeah, it's a good question. I really just think uh, an effective leader is, you know, has that holistic approach to the individual and well-being, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, and. They're living by example, you know, they're setting that example um, and what they're trying to tell you is something that they wouldn't do themselves or vice versa. You know, I just think really making sure that um, end of the day, you're managing people as a leader, you're managing the person and you're in a different, whatever industry you're in, you know, that you've got to have the qualifications and we all understand that. But to get the best out of the individual, you know, that um, you know, they're going to have challenges and, and struggles away from work. And you've got, if you can manage them as a whole person um, and understand, show a bit of care, build rapport, trust, you know, those type of things, then I think mm-hmm. as a leader, you're going to get the best out of that individual. Yeah. And, you know, they're in your workforce because they're good at what they do. They have that piece of paper, they've got the accreditation, but to get the best out of them, you've got to, you know, understand them as a person. Mm-hmm. And then once you do that and you can build that connection and put them in an environment to, to thrive, then I think you're going to get the best out of each and every person. And that's, I think, how you get, you know, become a good leader and have you know 
a good aspect on you know, health and safety. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I've definitely had some previous sort of episodes around, you know, trust and empathy, but also taking the time to get to know your people more on a personal level. Yeah. If you come at it from that, yeah, sort of hard approach as I'm your manager, do as I say, but not as I do, because yeah. they are a bit different. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely leading by example. And what about what would be your words of wisdom for someone dealing with people who don't want to change when it comes to health and safety? Yeah, well, that's a hard one. I think at the end of the day, I've found in my experience that you just got to, you know, do what you understand what you can control and look mm-hmm. after yourself. And you know, that probably sounds quite closed off and negative, but sometimes <laughs> when you, you know, it's hard to change what you can't control. You know, yeah. so um, you know, you can put resources in front of people. You can um, try a collaborative approach. You can try and help educate and understand, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe pull someone aside and have a conversation one on one. Yeah. But ultimately, you can't. You can give them all the help and the. You know, um, education piece of the paper, the, the knowledge, but yeah. you can't make them, you know, can't lead, you lead a horse, horse to water, you can't make a drink, you know. Right. So at the end of the day, you can try and help do your best, but at the end yeah. of the day, look after yourself, you know, and I think leading by example and with your actions and what you think you know, health, safety, wellbeing looks like and doing that to the best of your ability, because then I think you can, you know, rest at night, lay your head on the pillow knowing you've done as much as you can mm-hmm. and the rest is out of your hands. I think sometimes worrying about, you know, things out of your control is not going to help you individually. So while you want to, you know, make a change, make a difference, and that's important, um, all you can do is do your best, give out the resources and the knowledge, have a conversation, um, and it's up to them whether they make the change or not. It's the old hand on heart test, isn't it? I used to say if I go to sleep at night knowing I did everything I could with my hand on my heart to, you know, get the message across or positively influence, then I've done my job. Mm. Well, I think that's how you, you know, I think that's how you live it, you know, and thrive and flourish in life. You yeah. do the best that you could possibly do and you know every every day and every situation you've um, lived up to your values and your beliefs and what you believe in and you can rest your head at night knowing you're a good person, then that's gonna be successful for you. Yeah, no, definitely agree. And um, finally, if you could invent something to solve a health and safety issue in the workplace where you know expenditure, opinions, all of that didn't matter, what would it be for you and why? Yeah, it's a really hard one. I, I, I really think, you know, whatever workforce you're in, I think if you go back to the very start and, and putting health, safety and well-being in to the curriculum as far as whatever you're learning um, and being part of, um, I suppose, the, the study course or the criteria to be, become qualified in whatever industry. So I think then if you're learning it from, you know, an early age and from the get-go and showing how important that is within each industry, then you're going to have a bit of a uh, understanding around it and education, knowledge, and know how important it is straight away. And not learning later in life when um, your team or the environment isn't successful. It's oh, what's wrong with it? Why is this happening? Yeah. And kind of playing, um, being reactive instead of proactive. Yeah. So I mean, that's a hard question. But I think if if we did that, then you're going to have find you know, better people in organisations that can actually look after these events instead of being the most qualified, but probably not the best manager or holistic um, view of a person mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's yeah what I think would probably Maybe work but it'd be, it'd be um the Darius Boyd curriculum well, of health and safety and well-being hey but it'd be um it's not an easy implementation <laughs> but it's something that I think could be positive for sure that'd be great That'd be great. Um, so I understand, obviously, you're a, a currently a mental health advocate. Um, and with Are You OK Day almost upon us in the Mental Health Month happening um, as well, it's probably the perfect time, I guess, for you to share your story and perhaps your journey with our listeners. For those of you that don't know, you know, your story and what you've been through. Um, did you want to perhaps share that with us? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think for me, it's something that I really get um, 
a lot of satisfaction out of sharing now. I think it's something that I've, I, I was someone was quite young and never never shared my story or, or spoke up or you know asked for help. And it's something that I've found very you know, therapeutic and rewarding since. Um, and, and and when you do that, you realise that you're not alone. And so many people have. Everyone has a story. Some mm-hmm. harder than others, but end of the day, it's it's individual to you. It's personalised and, it, and it's and it's hard for you. Um, but yeah, my story. I, was, I had a you know uh, a troubling childhood. I guess a uh, really small family dynamic, um, never met my father, uncle and grandfather were my I suppose, mentors and role models, father figures, um, and they actually passed away when I was 8 and 11. And so for me, no father figures, um, you know, and, and had lost for different reasons, and didn't really understand that at a young age, probably had a lot of resentment and trust issues and, um, and a lot of loss and grief in different ways. Um, only child, no siblings. Um, so my mum did a great job holding the fort down um, and then when I was 15 she was diagnosed with major depression. So she left to get help, you know, professional help with her mental health and well-being, which was great for her but at that age, you know, 20 years ago now, we're still talking about well-being and, and mental health and the stigma and awareness around it. Um, mm-hmm. 20 years ago there was, it was non-existent really so, and I was you know, a 15 year old boy going through adolescence and a lot of different things. Um, so yeah, for me to understand that at a young age I really just didn't cope well. Uh, I just felt like for me personally that all my um, closest circle and you know, trust and support network was leaving and um, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I moved in with my grandmother, um, which yeah, she did a great job and had a lot of really close bond with her. Um, she helped me get to you know, rugby league training and school and started packing lunches as a 70 year old woman again. So it wasn't easy for her, but we made it work. And um, yeah, so that was my, I suppose, my childhood journey. I think I, and I had a really, fixed mindset and like I said a lot of probably different emotions probably negative um, leading up from in my late teens my early adult years um, and rugby league become my outlet become my you know my everything it was um, the one thing that had been around from since I can remember since I was six years old so I put all my you know eggs in one basket I guess and mm-hmm. it did me it did a great job for me I guess it got me to where I got to in my rugby league career and helped me you know realize my dreams and potential but at the same time it was end up being my downfall my un- undoing because I, I put rugby league first family and friends support network second um, and I learned the hard way that um, when rugby league wasn't going well injury criticism social media um, you know team performance uh, individual performance my whole world I'm crashing down because I didn't have anything else you know, supporting me through and some resilient strategies I guess in place so um, yeah, 2014, I checked myself into a mental health facility. Um, it was the best thing I ever did. It was something I wish I did, you know, 10 years earlier. I was 27 when I did that, and um, just learned, yeah, positive psychology and you know, ways to grow your mindset and um, you know, strategies around building resilience. And and it started with you know, reconnecting with my mum. I hadn't spoken to her for eight years, so I reconnect with her. Um, my wife and I's relationship was pretty rocky at the time, so I had to repair that. Um, you know, just making a better effort with friends and family. I needed to grow my support network. I only had my mum and my grandmother and my wife. So I needed to grow some um, you know, external people in my support network, people I could trust and count on. Um, get out in the community, give back, help others, bit of empathy, bit of compassion. Um, and yeah, it just really changed my mindset and, and my, and my uh, outlook moving forward. And that was something that, um, like I said, I wish I did it sooner, but it was such a uplifting experience to go and work on yourself. I spent three weeks in a facility to work on myself. Um, you know, share with other people that are going through some challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, just really being a, a comfortable space to know that you know you're not alone and that it's um, non non judgmental. You can really share, open up. You can get gratitude and, and empathy and compassion from hearing someone else's story. Um, and it was just a really you know, experience for me that I needed. Um, and then ever since then, I've been you know, working on 
my own well-being and resilience moving forward and then really found a passion and desire outside of rugby league to you know now that rugby league's finished for me that you know, i've found something that i'm a bit of a meaning and a purpose i guess that i can really you know, um, put all my efforts and in, in obviously you know continuing to help myself help my young children that i have but also you know help the wider community in, in, in that space as well so doing a bit of study in that area and um, yeah, really looking forward and excited for the future that's great thank you for sharing that with us I guess, um, given your story and your experiences, is there anything that you would say to people who are perhaps in a similar boat, you know, whether it be rugby league or, you know, they've obviously placed value on things that potentially, you know, shouldn't have the value it has or, you know, it needs to be reprioritized. Is there mm. any, you know, any advice you could give to someone who's perhaps in that kind of similar boat to where you were at that stage? Yeah, I think it's just being really careful and mindful not to attach your self-worth to your job or a certain part of you. I mm -hmm. think we're, as, as people, we're, there's different parts to us for a husband, you know, a father, um, you know, yeah. a, a son, you know, a colleague, um, you know, a, a teammate. You know, there's so many different things that make up you as a person. But sometimes if, for example, myself, I attached my self-worth to rugby league. So when rugby league wasn't going well, I was a bad person or I felt you know, negatively of myself or, yeah. um, and I think a lot of people do that. You have a lot, you know, we, they say you, you know, change career paths three times in a lifetime. So if you attach your self-worth to your career yeah. and then made redundant or you, know, you lose your job or whatever happens, um, you don't want your self-worth and you to come crashing down. So I think being mindful of, you know, while you, your work is important, it pays the bills, you know, and you enjoy what you do, hopefully. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're valued in your community, you do all these other things and you're a big part of not just your self-worth is probably made up of five or six different things. I think that's important to remember. So that when one, one thing in life doesn't go well, there's still five or six that you're ticking a box and doing, doing well in life. So it means that, okay, that's not good, but hey, I'm still doing really well in all these other aspects um, and I'm still a good person, still a good human. Uh, and I just need to make a change in, in this area. Mm -hmm. And what about if they are at the point where basically they do need to reach out for help? Is there any words of wisdom or tips you can give to someone that's you know literally at that point where they, they do need to seek further assistance? Yeah, I think generally just making sure you're sharing along the way and they say you know, um, problem shared is a problem halved. So make sure you, yeah. you are sharing and find someone you know, that you can trust and, and share. Um, but then just put your hand up, ask for help, you know, look into there's different uh, websites, organizations, there's, there's forums, there's, you, know, you can chat online, email, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many you know, phone services you can call. Otherwise, you know, you know, professional help. I always talk about professional help as like coaching, you know, like a different stigma around psychologists, psychiatrists, <laughs> counselors, yeah. you know, but uh, you, know, you get a real estate agent to you know, help you find a house. You, you get a financial planner to do your tax, you know, you come to a lawyer, you know, just, yeah. sort out differences in, 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 in certain situations. You know, you, you see all these different you know, nutritionists for your diet, you see all these different people that are experts in their field. So why wouldn't you see psychologist, counselor, um, you know, psychiatrist to be, you know, work on your mindset, you know, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very important part of you and who you are. Yeah. Um, it's just really just like a coach, you know, to get, you know, I've, I've been seeing a psychologist for almost 10 years now. And you know, when I've had a, my first child coming along, I was asking him, well, I've never had a father, so how do I become a dad? You know, he's given me some really good tips on fatherhood and advice, and he's, yeah. you know, he said there's two things to look at it. You know, you don't have to um, look at it as a negative because you've never, you weren't in a, an abusive, you didn't have a, a abusive father or, or a negative, um, I suppose, mentor or father to look at. You didn't mm -hmm. never have one, so you can kind of make up. Oh, I've got two mates that had really good dads, so I can take a little bit of that. I like yeah. how they approach uh, fatherhood, and I can take a bit of this and a bit yeah. of a mentor, and I can try and put them all together and be a really, really good dad. You know, I don't have a bad example of a father, so you can look at it as a positive way. So, 
just getting some tips and advice. And like I said, just look at it as coaching. You want to coach your mind, you want to coach your body, you get a personal training, there's two different things you do and you seek professionals. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you seek a professional for your, for your well-being and to have a really good outlook and a, you know, a growth mindset as well? Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. Um, that's great insights and I guess great advice as well for anyone that's listening in that maybe you know at that stage in life or perhaps at the point where they really do need to seek help. So yeah. appreciate your time and obviously um, and for sharing that personal journey with us and our, our listeners on this. Um, so thanks again for popping in um, and being a special guest on the podcast. No worries, thanks for having me. Awesome. So there you have it, an insightful look into the life of one of rugby league's most awesome players. Remember... This week on Thursday is Are You OK Day. Please take the time to do a self-check and ask yourself, are you OK? And then reach out if you need to. But please, if you can, take the time to also reach out to your friends and your family and ask them, are they really OK? Do what you can to dig deeper, to find that out, because you just don't know where their mindset might be at that little moment in time. You could be the sign that changes everything for them. Thank you again for tuning in. Until next time, stay safe.